I played through Like a Dragon Gaiden, the man who erased his name, and I enjoyed its bite-sized length. Plus, the Game Award nominees are out. Did your favorite get snubbed? Probably. Tonight is November 19th, 2023, and the Bobby Blackwell Show featuring your calls and chat comments is up next. So, so you would say uh, even if you... Okay, I'll let you go. You talk. Wow, what what happened to your voice? Thank you, Skype. So video games, that's what the show is about. This is that one, Akia Ripper from uh, Sweden. And what's with all the Halo hate, Bob? You've been hating on Halo a lot lately. I, I just don't like shooters. I'm not saying it's a bad game, I just don't like it. Billy OK says he can't be seen in public playing games that aren't hardcore, what would people say? And what up, G and Chad is once again talking about wrestling. That's why it's it's not because they hate the fans. It's more because they have to start from scratch. Uh, hogwash. Later. From a little room in Atlanta, Georgia, Bobby Blackwolf. Spoiler alert. I did not get nominated for Content Creator of the Year at the Game Awards. So already, your favorite got snubbed from the Game Awards. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a not-nominated edition of the Bobby Blackwell Show, where we discuss the current news affecting the video game industry, as well as sometimes reminisce about gaming's history. My name is Bobby Blackwell. If you're joining us live here on the Voice Geeks Network Twitch channel, uh, welcome. Thank you so much. We do tape this show live each and every Sunday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, over there at twitch.tv slash vognetwork, so you can come join us and interact with the show directly. And I'll be trying to read intelligent comments from chat throughout the night. Uh, like uh, E3VL asked, anyone watch Scott Pilgrim Takes Off? It's a what if instead of a retelling. So yes, uh, I haven't watched it yet, but the new Scott Pilgrim, uh, the, the I think it's it's anime ish, the animated adaptation. I'm not going to say anime because it was probably made here in the U.S. Uh, but the animated adaptation uh, is is kind of like a different take, I from what I understand. Um, but I haven't actually watched it yet, so maybe somebody you, some of you have. Uh, so um. Hopefully, uh, if you, I've, I've heard both things. I've heard people who didn't like it, and I've heard people who love it. I haven't heard anything kind of in the between yet, but it's on Netflix, so it'll, it's going to be canceled. It's probably already canceled. Mike Def says, yeah, he did, and it's really awesome. So see, there's one of the loves, and then I've heard like the not loves, but like I said, it's, it's Netflix. It's already canceled. Uh, so sorry to report. Uh, that's a rumor, but you know it's true. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, so, uh, I know this is a podcast. And so if you want to talk about that, we actually have a geek movies channel in our discord, vognetwork.com slash discord is how you can get the free invite into there. We have multiple channels about different things, but also there's a text chat channel for the Bobby Blackwell show where you can discuss previous episodes, uh, or, uh, see, uh, talk about things that might be going on in the future. And Rob Roberts says, stay tuned for Rob's impressions on Scott Pilgrim. I, I haven't watched TV, so I, I haven't had a chance to watch it. But anyway, uh, other things that I, ha- I have been able to watch is uh, Games Done Quick Marathons because it's not on TV. Uh, I do want to remind, uh, just, you know, quick reminder, I'm not going to go through very, I'm going to go into detail because I really don't know everything I'm doing, but I will be at Awesome Games Done Quick 2024. Uh, and uh, I will be uh, hosting once again, uh, for a couple of speed runs, uh, the schedule is in flux, so I'm not going to give you the full schedule, but I was moved from like the first night of the marathon to Thursday night. Uh, so I'm, I'm, so as of right now, I'm going to be hosting for bomb rush Cyberfunk, Uh, and I literally just saw it and I don't know what that game is about, but, uh, it's, it's probably one of those great speed run games. Uh, and then uh, on the last day of the marathon, on the Saturday of the marathon, I will be hosting for Fire Emblem, uh, Fire Emblem Awakening, Lost Judgment, which is the Yakuza game, and Mario Kart 64. As of right now, 
uh, that may change. But something he, this is something I have not posted anywhere. So you're going to see something first, and you're going to hear something first here on this podcast because we're all friends here. So um, Dark Desia says, Bob, Bomb Rush Cyberfunk is the Jet Set Radio sequel Sega refuses to make. Well, there we go. I'm going to enjoy the hell out of that. Uh, but before then, and we haven't dotted all the T's or crossed all the I's uh, on this yet. But uh, there is another uh, convention event here in Atlanta. And it is called uh, DreamHack. And they do these festivals uh, multiple time, you know, in multiple cities in, in around the world. And DreamHack Atlanta is December 15th through 17th. So it's right in the smack dab of December. Uh, normally it would have been this month. It might have actually been like this weekend would have been its was, was when it was last year. And uh, essentially the best way I can phrase what DreamHack Atlanta is, is it's an esports convention. Uh, so a lot of esports things happen. They've got multiple esports stages. You'll have your Counter Strike stage. There was like a Halo stage. You've got your fighting game stage, uh, Rocket League competitions, all that stuff. And so it's it's a world I'm not normally in, to be perfectly honest. Uh, they used to have a speedrunning group uh, that would do it. It wasn't GDQ, but it was a much smaller one. They they're not back. Uh, they they don't they don't return. Uh, but, uh, I went last year and hosted a panel and, uh, it, it went pretty well. And so I was t talking with them and I'm like, Hey, you know, if you need me for any kind of panel hosting or something, uh, let me know. Cause I had a contact at DreamHack and, uh, I got a response and I actually couldn't believe what was coming in. Uh, that that they wanted me to do. And so, like I said, we haven't uh, dotted the T's and crossed the I's on this yet. So that's why I'm not posting on social media or anything like that. Uh, but they're going. I'm not hosting panels at DreamHack. I am actually emceeing main stage events at DreamHack. Uh, so I am actually going to be lined up to do my first onstage emceeing. So Rob Roberts, I'm coming for you. Uh, so I'm going to be doing three things. Uh, tentatively, uh, and I'm just excited, so I'm going to say it here, and then I'll tell you later. I'm like, oh, I got knocked, bumped off this. Uh, so um, on Friday, December 15th at 6 p.m., if you're at DreamHack Atlanta, which is at the Georgia World Congress Center, uh, the Holiday Closet Cosplay. So this is a cosplay contest, uh, and uh, I am going to be uh, co-hosting with someone else uh, because I brought that up to them because I'm not a cosplayer, so we're going to try to get a cosplay content creator to be a co-host uh, with me because like all my cosplay contest experience of watching them is Dragon Con and they usually have two co-hosts on stage so they banter with each other they trade off who's reading and introducing which contestant and stuff like that uh, so Saturday on December 16th at 4 p.m. on the main stage that's on the main stage and I don't these might be streaming like these might be I think like twitch.tv slash dreamhack is their streaming channel. So I these might be us on Twitch. You may be able to watch it. Uh and then uh so Saturday, December sixteenth at four PM is the holiday karaoke competition. Uh and so these are this is actually like judged karaoke. There's judges for all of these and stuff, and so I'm going to be emceeing the karaoke. I will not be doing karaoke. I will be uh, emceeing and interacting with the judges and, and doing uh, care in 
that and I think they're going to give me a co-host for that as well so we can kind of banter with the co-host because they they're like you're going to banter with the the contestants you're going to banter with the judges I'm like the judges might be a little busy uh but that's going to be a lot of fun and then Sunday December 17th at 3 p.m. I will be able to make it back in time for the show uh I am going to be emceeing uh by myself Gingerbread Wars uh, and what this sounds like, it's going to be a team of Twitch streamers and a team from another streaming site uh, of uh, like, you know, uh, uh, that that's reminiscent of a verb that you do something with your legs. Uh, and they are each they have 40 minutes to build a gingerbread house on stage. And so there's bantering with the team leaders. There's bantering with the judges as they are building these gingerbread houses. Um so none of this is set in stone, but that's what she told me. Uh, I was actually given like a list of like seven things. They're like, which of these seven do you want to do? And I'm like, I put down these three and they're like, all right, let's have you do those three. Uh, so I am excited for that. So if you're going to be a DreamHack Atlanta for whatever reason, uh, I'm going to be up on the main stage. Uh, and uh, and I was just like, I'll host some panels for you and stuff because they do panels and stuff. And they put me up on the main stage. So I'm really excited for that opportunity. Uh, to get some of that, and if it is videoed, that's going to be great. I may actually have to start making a demo reel for some of this stuff. Uh, so maybe 2024, I'll be able to do even more of this type of thing uh, around. So I'm really excited for that. So DreamHack is going to be taking place December 15th through 17th. Let's talk about games now. Let's not talk about me anymore. Uh, and so I want to talk about a game that I actually finished. I don't do this all this often, uh, but this is a short enough game. Uh, comparatively to many other games. Uh, and it, it, it kind of opened my eyes a little bit to the series that became a series that I really loved. But I came into the series way later. And I'm talking about uh, the what we used to call the Yakuza series. It's now called Like a Dragon, because that's what it's actually called in uh, Japan. That's, that was the name of the series. And then when they brought over the U.S., they're like, nobody's going to buy a game called Like a Dragon, but crime movies and like organized crime movies sell so let's call it yakuza in the u.s and see if it catches on it didn't uh it did finally catch on but it was like the best series that you had never heard of and it's not that they didn't release anything in america they released all the game a lot all the mainline games at least in america but it wasn't very it, it didn't get that much mainstream attention uh not until uh yakuza like a dragon came out alongside the Xbox Series X. Uh, that was the... And, and it actually had the English voice acting. It was the turn-based battle system. It was essentially Yakuza Like a Dragon. Uh, it was like... Everybody's like, well, man, what? I wish they had Final Fantasy, but it was like middle-aged 40-year-old people uh, in the real world. And that's Yakuza Like a Dragon. So, um, so Like a Dragon Gaiden... The man who erased his name is actually a continuation of the story that it came from. So Yakuza 0 through 6, it was really 1 through 6, and then Yakuza 0 came between 5 and 6. Like Anyway, uh, it started a protagonist by the name of, and this is also the thing I learned actually playing the game. His name is Kazuma Kiryu, is the main protagonist. Now, every time you've probably heard somebody say it, especially people who didn't and never really played the game you would hear Kiryu Kazuma. Uh, and so that leads you to think, because in Like a Dragon, the new uh, protagonist we always said is Ichiban Kasuga. So, you know, obviously Kiryu's his first name. No. 
No, Kazuma's his first name. Kiryu's his last name. I actually, like, didn't completely get that uh, until playing this game and actually, like, seeing and hearing because it's there's no English dub yet. There will be, but there's no English dub yet. So I was actually able to hear everything and knowing that they, in Japan, they say your family name first and your given name second, and they would always say Kiryu Kazuma. I'm like, wait a minute. And uh, so, anyway, it's about... What happened after Yakuza 6, this game, uh, Like a Dragon Gate, Gaiden, the man, who, uh, the man who erased his name is the name of the game. And it is a Gaiden, which is a short story. And it is essentially just filling in the blanks between Yakuza 6 and the end of Yakuza 6 with Yakuza, or with Like a Dragon 8, Infinite Wealth, which comes out in January. And uh, Questbuster says, remembers when Michael Madsen did VA for the first Yakuza for the U.S. release. Uh, Mark Hamill played uh, Majima, Goro Majima. Uh, Mark Hamill played Majima, and somebody asked him about it later, and Mark Hamill's like, I have, n- I have no clue what you're talking about. Because he's done so much voice work, he doesn't remember doing a, a, you know, a poorly received PS2 game in 2005. Uh, so Mark Hamill was Goro Majima in the, first, in the 2005 original release of Yakuza. Um, but... This basically fills in the gap, and it's also kind of like a, 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 the brawler side of things, but it's a light version of it. So it's kind of interesting because it gives you kind of a taste of what Yakuza 0 through 6 were like in kind of bite-sized chunks. Instead of having a bunch of different fighting styles, they give you two, and honestly, you're only going to use one because it has all the gadgets, and you act, you're like Spider-Man or Batman or whatever because you have all these gadgets and stuff, and you can only use those in one of the fighting styles. So you're not constantly, like, switching styles like you were in the other Yagaza games. And it has, like, some of the sub-stories, which is their side quests. Uh, but you don't really have to worry about them, and they're also not as plentiful. They, the story does force you to go through them a little bit. They're like, you should go and do this. Because it's like, you know, you're, you, the person you're trying to save it, that who's been kidnapped... Um, you can't do anything, so you should go over and, you know, play golf over here. Like, it actually does that. So, it's only about 10 hours. Now, I have, like, 17 hours of playthrough because I did a little bit more of the side stories than you had to, but in terms of the main storyline, it's like a 10-hour game. And I actually like that. I actually appreciate that. Uh, because I get the gamer ADD very quickly, so if you if I can't finish your game in like less than 20 hours, uh, I probably moved on. Um, E3 Reels asks, how many of that is cutscene? So it is a, it is a story heavy game. So a lot of it is, um, it, it's a, a lot of it is, uh, because it's actually a really gripping crime drama. The, the way I always explain the series, and this is true for all of them, is that it's like this really gripping HBO crime drama, like something you'd find on HBO, you know, Soprano-style crime drama with crime families and interconnectedness and all that stuff, continually interrupted by an episode of The Simpsons. And that's the Yakuza series. Um, Tire Claw says, 10 hours, watch speedrunners, lower that in an hour or so. You can skip all the cutscenes. So it's probably, it's uh, the speedrun probably will be about an hour. Uh, I know Froob's already started routing like a Dragon Gaiden, um, who's I does a lot of the Yakuza speedruns. So yeah, it's, I think the speedrun already is like around an hour. 
Um, Questbro says, I think I have something like 20 hours in it, but I did all the arena fights and a ton of side content. Uh, and yeah, so there's like these arena fights and, and there, there's, there's stuff to do to pad out the game. Um, but, uh, I enjoyed it and it's also, it was a great way for me to kind of appreciate the, uh, Kiryu side of Yakuza a little more because like, even though. I had started Yakuza Zero and I had started Yakuza Six because they're all on Game Pass. I never, it, I didn't stick with it like I did with like uh, with with Yakuza Seven, like a dragon. Uh, and it probably helped that they had the carrot at the end of the stick of uh, a demo, a playable demo of of Infinite Wealth, like a Dragon Eight, uh, which is coming out in January. And uh, Questra says, totally agree. The uh, the main story is not long ago, uh, long at all. One of the chapters is almost a non-chapter with how fast it moves through the story. Yeah, there's only five chapters. Uh, and each chapter is about, well, a lot of the beginning chapters, it was like two hours to get through the chapter. So, and E3VL says, so a typical season length on Netflix. Yes, it, it, it really is. Um, and... I will say it does spoil like the end of Yakuza Six. It spoils Yakuza Like a Dragon because actually there is a fight in Like a Dragon that came out a couple couple years ago where Kiryu's there, and this game actually shows you how he got there and what happens, and then you actually meet Ichiban for the first time, and then you fight alongside Ichiban, uh, and then you go away and, and run off like a thief in the night, and it talk it basically says that part from Kiryu's perspective. And notice how I just use like a last name for one person and a first name for another person. You can see why I got confused about whose name is what. Uh, but it was I, I really enjoyed it, and it was also um, you know uh, it, it makes me now appreciate and want to go back to those other Yakuza games, which are on Game Pass. Uh, this game on Game Pass. So you you if you don't even have need to go out and buy it, and I, th- I don't even think it's I think it's only a forty dollar game. If you do go buy it, it's totally worth it at that price. I I really really enjoyed it, and then it went into the like a dra- uh, the uh, infinite wealth demo, uh, and there's a story demo where you actually play as Kiryu, uh, and then there is kind of an open world demo that I actually haven't really spent much time in. Uh, but it was one that like you like they've shown videos of it, but it was when you're in Hawaii and it's basically you can do some fights, you can do some side stories and things like that. The jarring thing for me is going to be the jarring thing for a hell of a lot of people. And that is the voice acting. So uh, all Yakuza zero through six that you can get on Game Pass only has Japanese dub and it's got English subtitles, but it only has Japanese dub. Yakuza Like a Dragon had an English dub, and the English voice cast was amazing. I loved the English voice cast for Yakuza Like a Dragon. What they did for Kiryu, who shows up in Like a Dragon, is they literally got the voice actor from the 2005 PS2 game to voice Kiryu in Like a Dragon. So uh, that was... That was okay. Like, I mean, it was it was a nice little continuity and all that stuff. But Infinite Wealth is going to be fully voice acted, and they didn't want to use that same voice actor. Uh, and so they brought in a new voice actor who is uh, looks like he's an amazing person, huge fan of the games, very respectful of the games and the series. Uh, he can do Baka Mitai, uh, and he can sing it and belt it out. 
However, after playing 17 hours of the, the man who changed his name, and I'm sure other people who have spent hundreds and hundreds of hours on the previous seven games that were all voiced by the same Japanese voice actor who has a very commanding, deep voice and, and very much like you're used to his mannerisms. It, uh, the, the new, the new, the English voice for Kiryu doesn't fit for a lot of people. And I'm not saying that it's bad. Like this is not a knock on the, the, the voice actor who is not Ben Starr. If it was Ben Starr, it might have actually been a little, it might have been a little closer. I'm going to be very careful and not use the word better because I don't like to use that for this because this is an impossible job. An English voice actor for Kiryu uh, is an impossible task, period, paragraph. It is impossible. Um, but it is going to be a little bit jarring, which is a shame because I think what people will do is maybe instead of the amazing English voice acting, they're going to switch over to the Japanese voice acting, which has the traditional voice actor that's voiced Kiryu for tw you know 20 years in Japanese uh, just to have it not be jarring. The, I think one one of the things that people aren't as excited about with it is that Kiryu, at this point in the story, he's pushing 60 years old. He's like, he's getting to be old man at this point. And the voice actor's like in his late 20s. So uh, I, I can understand that, that it's very difficult to find, uh, you know, to, to be able to do this right. I don't think they could have gotten it quote unquote right. Uh, unless the dude who did Japanese, like the Japanese dub, that, that the iconic person who did that, uh, learned fluent English. I think that's literally the only way it would have been right, is if the same person was fluent in both and did both the English and the Japanese dub. But the guy who's doing it, super, super good guy. I'm going to give it a chance. I'm going to play it in uh, Infinite Wealth in English. I've been playing this game in English. Uh, the demo in English. Apparently, there is going to be an English dub added to Like a Dragon Gaiden. Uh, it just didn't come out yet, uh, so it's going to be an. Uh, it's going to be added soon. Uh, but like I said, it is on Game Pass, both console and PC. Uh, so you can actually try it out. And if you don't like it, then it was just on Game Pass. You didn't lose forty bucks on it. Questbrother says, I'm going to stay with the Japanese dialogue thanks to playing through the entirety of the series with the exception of the first. That way, mostly because we weren't giving a choice for most of those. You, you weren't. Um, Lost Judgment has English voice acting, and in fact, it's the same voice actor for uh, one of the characters in Like a Dragon is the main character in uh, Lost Judgment. It's just not as drunk in Lost Judgment. But uh, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to Infinite Wealth. I'll play it in English, but uh, I really now appreciate the brawler aspect and the way that they did Kiryu in in uh, Infinite Wealth and how he uh, literally breaks the turn-based window and goes into brawler mode uh, for his heat action. Uh, it, it's great. Also on Game Pass, by the way, and I've played this a little tiny bit, uh, and it just came out this week, Persona 5 Tactica. So Persona 5 Tactica, it is a... Um, it, it, it's it's Fire Emblem slash Final Fantasy Tactics slash Advance Wars slash all those, you know, grid-based, tactical, turn-based games in Persona Paint. Um, and it is also out on Game Pass on both PC and, and Xbox. And like what they did with Persona 5 Strikers, which was kind of like an introductory, faster-paced version of a Musu game, which is like Dynasty Warriors. This is kind of a, a simpler, faster-paced version of a Fire Emblem game, 
or tactics. Apparently, like, the battles are at most, like, 10 minutes long. You're not in, like, hour-long battles like you are in Fire Emblem or, you know, Final Fantasy Tactics or anything like that. And uh, E3 Real asks, is it better than Disgaea? Uh, I have not played Disgaea because I'm not sure I can do that time commitment for the length of battles. But yes, it is like Disgaea. Uh, I think it is a little bit simpler. I think the idea of it is it's a little bit simpler. Uh, it is a 20 to 40. I think it's a 40 hour experience is what Sega says for the main story uh, for it. I will say that if you haven't played Persona 5 and especially like maybe all the way through, um, you're going to be so confused because this game assumes you know these characters. It does not waste any time doing any kind of character exposition. It doesn't introduce the characters. They're like, you know what? Our main audience, they spent 120 hours in Persona 5 Royal. They might have spent another 30 to 40 hours in Persona 5 Strikers. They know these characters. We don't need to introduce them. Here they are. Let's go. Uh, it takes place like between the second and third semester of Persona 5. So you're going to have events spoiled up to that point. Uh, so if you, but if you're not a persona person, you're a fire emblem person, you are going to be so confused at what's going on. Uh, you're not going to understand anything, but for the, you know, probably, you know, millions of people who have played, uh, persona five out of the, out of the billions in the world. So it's still a small sample size. Don't, don't get me wrong. Uh, they, they'll, they'll enjoy the story, but it's, it's not as complex. There's no social links, which is like the high school mechanic, uh, there's none of that is literally just, it seems like it's just battle, 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 battle. Uh, but uh, I've only gotten like an hour in. So uh, YYR says that Disgaea works great on portable. So it's, it's another game like this. Pick it up for 10 minutes, put it down. Most battles don't take longer than that, but if they do, it's easy to come back to a battle in progress. Um, and, and E3VL says social links are the best part of Persona. Yeah, that's not here. Um, so, so yeah, what, what Persona 5 Tactica does that I think might be a little different than others is you can undo the last turn. So if you realize that last turn you did something and it completely messed everything up, you can use the undo to go back to your last turn uh, and, you know, kind of try again. Instead of having to do the entire battle from scratch, uh, you can just go back to the last turn. Uh, so I haven't had to do that yet because, uh, like I said, I think I've only done like three battles and stuff. Uh, and E3Vail says you can undo in the recent Fire Emblem game. Okay, so that's good. Like, I haven't played the, the Fire Emblem game. This is why I have chat. But it is out on PC Game Pass and Xbox Game Pass. So if you have Xbox Game Pass, you can give it a shot. And if you've never played Persona before, you're going to be so confused at the plot. But it is uh, a Fire Emblem game. And as Jerry Matt says, Bobby Blackwolf mode with an undo button too. Yes, and it has the safe difficulty level like the other Persona games. So um, on top of that, I get like unlimited heal or unlimited revives or something like that so yes i am playing it in bobby black wolf mode and i will know more if i'm going to make it all the way through the 40 hours or if i'm going to get gamer add and go somewhere else so there was some news this week and the first bit of news uh is kind of what i want to kind of juxtapose it with what we're going to talk about next because i sit here and say and i have been saying like oh 2023 was a great year for gaming and, you know, because of all these amazing games we've gotten, like, it's been great. Like, we've had bangers that we thought were going to be the game of the year that launched in January. And it, it, then, you know, they didn't. They didn't. Spoiler alert. But I was like, this is an amazing year for gaming. And a lot of that was because a lot of the games that had to get delayed because of 
the pandemic and the game industry is just not used to working from home like other tech industries are. It slowed down a lot of development. A lot of those games that got postponed released this year. However, I can't say that it was a great year for gaming without realizing that it's actually been a really terrible year for people who make those games. And that just continued with Polygon reporting that Swedish mega publisher Embracer Group has laid off more than 900 people as it looks to mitigate its massive $1.3 billion in debt. With these cuts and more to come, Embracer expects to lower that number to below $1 million by the end of fiscal year's end. I think it's supposed to be $1 billion. Polygon might have had a thing wrong here. The company, which is known for its rapid expansion and industry consolidation, has 15,701 employees as of state late September, according to the latest financial report. Embracer expected to sign a $2 billion deal with Saudi Arabia government-funded Savvy Games Group. The deal fell through and forced Embracer to quickly cut its costs down due to aggressive overexpansion and spendy IP acquisition. Uh, Embracer expects to continue to reduce its head count via ongoing restructuring, closures, or buyouts. Massive cuts have already made, been made at Time Splitters developer Free Radical Design, Star Trek Online's Cryptic Studios, Tomb Raider developer Crystal Dynamics, and Mythforce Studio Beamdog, as well as full studio closures at Saints Row developer Volition, which just celebrated its 30th anniversary, and re newly established Campfire Cabal, among others. Borderlands developer Gearbox Entertainment is just one of Embracer Studio that's reportedly up for sale. Uh, so CEO Lars Wingerfors says uh, shortly, uh, says, quote, there are difficult decisions and we do not take them lightly. Uh, They're focused on maximizing shareholder value. For me personally, it is crucial that the program is carried out with compassion, respect and integrity, unquote. So, yes. They have shareholders. That is their top priority. And the shareholders will sue and will win. Alongside the job cuts, Embracer has also shut down development on 15 main unannounced projects from Amplifier, Freenode, Gearbox, PlayOn, Saber, and THQ Nordic. Uh, perhaps because of these cuts, Embracer reported a 13% increase in its net sales year over year for its second quarter alongside all of the bad news. Embracer's confirmation of its hundreds of job losses comes in a week where each day has brought the announcement of another layoff. Amazon Games, 505 Games owner Digital Brothers Entertainment, Congregate, and Humble Bundle have all laid off workers just this week. More than 7,000 people per an industry tracker have been laid off so far in 2023. So while as consumers, for everybody except for ZenMonkey11 who says, I bought less games in 2023, just nothing is biting at me. Uh, for consumers, it's been amazing. For for many consumers, it's been amazing. Not every consumer, but for, we've just had a lot of great stuff come out in 2023, and we, even stuff that came out early in the year was great. It just came out in the early early in the year, like Hi-Fi Rush. Um, you know, Theatrhythm came out earlier in the year, and that's the game that I've put the most hours in, and that was all this year. But in order to do that, uh, companies have had to do this which sucks. And I I don't know what it is. I think there was a lot of rapid expansion in the tech industry whenever when in 2021 and 2022 uh in all over tech industry. Um you know, companies everywhere in the tech industry have laid people off. My company laid people off that I work for at my day job. 
Uh, we had never done that before, and I've worked there for many, many, many years, and we said we never would, and then until we had to. Like, a company can say, oh, we're not going to lay off our people until they have to. Um, and so it's been built on the back of them, on of these of these employees, and maybe they were overworked, and then thing people didn't buy the game as much, uh, or, you know, they overspent and, you know, couldn't afford to pay off the debts because they spent too much money or whatever. Uh, so it's real hard to talk about the best games and, and stuff, uh, without talking about that side of the industry and that there's been a lot of bad managerial decisions that led to this. Some of them were preventable. I'm not positive. Every single one of them can be prevented. Um, like this one, I think like they expanded a little bit too quickly, uh, with Embracer group, but there are, there are other companies. There are times that you like, you've tried everything and you did everything right. And just, the industry sucks and, uh, and and just circumstances suck. And so you have to lay people off or you close the doors forever. Um, because sometimes it's do we lay off 10% of our workforce or do we just close the doors in three weeks because we ran out of money and lay everybody off? And companies will choose laying off the 10% of employees over shutting the doors almost every single time. So let's talk about those games that uh, and the teams that are getting recognized, hopefully who may or may not still have jobs where they are. But the Game Awards did announce their nominees. The Game Awards are going to be Thursday, December 7th, I believe, the Thursday. Uh, and uh, it's going to be t- going taking place live. Will we be live stream- co-streaming it? Uh, maybe. I haven't talked to Rob about it yet. But uh, we, we may be doing something here on Vogue. For it, so uh, the game of the year nominees uh, were Alan Wake Two, Baldur's Gate Three, Spider Man Two, Resident Evil Four, Mar- Super Mario Brothers Wonder, and The Legend of Zelda: Tears of the Kingdom. So, a no indie darling snuck in. I kind of predicted that maybe Sea of Stars would sneak sneak in, or like I was thinking Hi Fi Rush back, but that was way too early. Um, and and we did get a remake. We got Resident Evil Four, which is technically a remake. Uh, got put in uh, but the others these are all strong uh, I you know was actually shocked that Starfield wasn't in it um, because you know I thought maybe it might have uh, Final Fantasy 16 probably you know could have gotten in uh, but it wasn't and Mike Depp says the only one I didn't get right was Lies of P yeah there were a lot of a lot of contenders like some t- some years it's like oh man what are we going to put in here or you know, oh, it's obvious, like, the six that are going to be in here. And it wasn't obvious this year. And so there were, uh, there's a lot, lot of lot of different categories here. With, with So with me, with Game of the Year, um, I probably, even though I haven't played it yet, out of these, the one I would want to win is Baldur's Gate 3, which has been running away with awards everywhere else. Uh, and, you know, they, I, I want to reward that studio with the work ethic that they did. With their employees, they didn't crunch. They took their time with the game. They didn't release it before it was ready, and it showed. So um, that's kind of what I would want from there. It's not the games that are I would consider my game of the year when I talk about it at the end of the and at the end of this year when I say what my game of the year is, which is not necessarily the best one that it put forward the industry. It's just the one I enjoyed the most. It's not on this list. I can guarantee you that. You want to know why? Because of the games on this list, I have played one of them, and that's Super Mario Brothers Wonder. Because I didn't get Tears of the Kingdom when, when everybody else did. And I haven't played any of these other four. I have Baldur's Gate 3 on my Steam wish list. And 
and I'm not against playing Spider-Man 2. Uh, Resident Evil 4 and Alan Wake 2 are not games I would play. Um, so uh, I will say that uh, uh, Matt says, I'm glad Hi-Fi Rush got five nominations. I thought it was going to get shut out because it came so long ago in January. Uh, I'm glad to see that, too. I'm not going to read through all the nominations, but it is on there. Dark Desia said, I'd go with Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom, only because I sank the most time into it, 120 hours. But I'm sure the others are great picks. Um, I am scratching my head at Resident Evil 4 a little bit, but that's also, like, I have not watched that game being played. I have not played it. It's not a game that I would play, so I really shouldn't be saying anything about Resident Evil 4. Um, I will say that a lot of these games got multiple nominations, like Game Direction. Everybody's in there. Um, Best Narrative also does have Final Fantasy 16 and Cyberpunk 2077 Phantom Liberty. So there's a DLC that's been nominated for a bunch of game awards. Um, But yes, Lies of P and Hi-Fi Rush were in with Art Direction with Alan Wake 2 and Mario and Zelda. Uh, Score and Music... Uh, Alan Wake 2 with Petri Alonko. Baldur's Gate 3, Borislav Slavov uh, did that one. Final Fantasy 16, Mas- uh, Masayoshi Soken, which actually, it's, it's, a, it's, an, it's a good soundtrack. I enjoy the soundtrack. Hi-Fi Rush with Suichi Kobori. So there you go. There's my sentimental pick. I want Hi-Fi Rush to win it. And then Tears of the Kingdom, which is by Nintendo Sound Team. Like, there's no one person. Uh, and, and yeah, so that got in there. Uh, Hi-Fi Rush also got Best Audio Design, along with Dead Space. Best Performance, I will say that good on them, and I hope that he wins. Ben Starr from Final Fantasy XVI, who is hilarious on social media, at least to me, uh, is nominated for Best Performance. I hope he wins just so he can go on stage and be Ben Starr. That would be fantastic. But Cameron Monaghan from Star Wars Jedi Survivor, Idris Elba, Cyberpunk 2077, Phantom Liberty, uh, Melanie Liebert from Alan Wake 2, Neil Newbon from Baldur's Gate 3, and Yuri Lowenthal from Spider-Man 2. Those are the other best performance ones. Uh, and I, I, I like, I'm okay with them getting a category as well. So there's like the best ongoing game, which is like Cyberpunk 2077 got nominated. I'm like, why? Like, because they released a DLC? Like, I, I don't get it. Because uh, the others is like Apex Legends, Final Fantasy XIV, Fortnite, Genshin Impact. All are games that have live service games. And then Cyberpunk 2077 is in here too. And I'm like, why? Maybe I just don't get the criteria. Uh, best community support as Baldur's Gate 3, Cyberpunk 2077, Destiny 2, Final Fantasy XIV, and No Man's Sky. I think the difference between best community support and best ongoing game is best community support is they respond to the community. So that I get, like, Cyberpunk 2077, because they kept releasing patches and things like that. Same with No Man's Sky. But, like, I don't, I, I don't get the, the difference. Anyway. Um, sea of Stars did get in for Best Independent Game. Cocoon, Dave the Diver, Dredge, and Viewfinder. Viewfinder I forgot about, even though I love that game. That's an amazing puzzle game you should check out. And I'm very glad that it at least got a nod in here. Uh, and it's, it's also in Best Debut Indie Game. And I actually hope it wins one of these, at least. Um, because viewfinder, it's essentially, it is a puzzle game where you have a Polaroid camera and you take a picture of something and then you can put that picture somewhere else in the world and it becomes 3d. And that's how you solve puzzles. It's great. I like how best VR game, uh, Gran Turismo seven, resident evil village, 
Um, essentially, it's all PSVR games. Uh, Res- uh, Gran Turismo 7, Humanity, Horizon Call of the Mountain, Resident Evil Village VR mode, and Synapse. Um, I uh, Of those, I have not played Resident Evil or Synapse. I have Gran Turismo 7. It's great in VR. Uh, I've got Horizon Call of the Mountain. It came with my PSVR headset. I've played the demo of Humanity. Uh, it is... Uh, Humanity is another puzzle game, but the VR version is literally just your head is the camera. It's already a third-person game, and you're just looming over. It's not really... It's a good game. It's just not a VR game in my head. It just happens to have a VR mode, and somehow it got nominated, because I guess VR software is drying up, and there weren't enough good games for VR that were released in 2023 that could be in this. Best fighting game, it seems like... I know last year there was a little bit of contention over what is a fighting game. Uh, And I think all of these are head-to-head fighting games. Uh, God of Rock, Mortal Kombat 1, Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl 2, Pocket Bravery, and Street Fighter 6. I believe those are all head-to-head fighter games, so there's no controversy as to what a fighting game is this time around. Granted, I don't know what God of Rock and Pocket Bravery are, but... um, And Mike Dev says, if Street Fighter 6 doesn't win, we riot. Come on, Nickelodeon. Come on. Um, in best family game, Disney Illusion Island is good. Uh, is in here. Party Animals, Pikmin Four, uh, Sonic Superstars, and Super Mario Brothers Wonder. The reason I want to call out Disney Illusion Island is because its co-op mode uh, really lends itself well to one person's good at games and the other person isn't, and it doesn't hinder anybody. And I really like that about that. Um, I hate how they put best sports slash racing in the same uh, category. So they have EA Sports FC 24, which is the new FIFA, uh, F1 23, Forza Motorsport, Hot Wheels Unleashed 2 Turbocharge, and the Crew Motorfest. I, I get why they do it, but I, I, I'm i not a huge fan of it. Um, and then their most anticipated game, which I love. It's like, here's the game that we know about that doesn't come out. And when you watch the video of Jeff Keighley introducing these nominees. He actually says, these are only for games that have been officially announced because Grand Theft Auto 6 is not one of these games because it has not yet been officially announced. So, uh, Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, Hades 2, Like a Dragon, Infinite Wealth, let's go, uh, Star Wars Outlaws, and Tekken 8. Um... So uh, obviously for me, it's it's infinite wealth. It's between infinite wealth and rebirth for me. But uh, there's no other Like a Dragon on this, even though there was a Like a Dragon game released. Uh, there's no other Like a Dragon on this. Because uh, Ishin, Like a Dragon Ishin, came out during the submission period. So it, it was eligible. Um, so yeah, so uh, you can vote on these. Now, what some people have said is that, oh, well, you know, it's going to be a popularity contest. What they don't tell you is that the audience vote is only 10%. 90% of the vote is the journalists and game developers and the other people that are on the jury and the voting jury. So it's kind of like the Academy in that sense. Um, we are not in that 90%. Vogue Network is not part of that 90%, so don't worry. If we voted, it would be in the 10% with all of you, but it is not a popularity contest in that sense. It's only 10% of the full vote. But you can vote until uh, uh, December 6th. And uh, which means that it's not going to have that much impact on who wins. To to be fair, 
your vote's not going to sway anything. Like, go ahead and vote. Like, they'd love the engagement, but don't think that your vote's going to influence anything because they're going to know from the 90% who wins. And really, the audience vote really just kind of breaks a deadlock. That's all it's going to do. So, and, and it's been like this the whole time. Uh, in fact, like, at least it's 10%. I see, I want to recall back when the Game Awards started, back before it got to be what it is today. Uh, they phrased it in such a way that you thought you were voting for it, but really their poll on their site was, which do you think will win? Which meant your vote had nothing to do with it. You were basically putting in a poll, who do you think will win? Not who should win. Uh, I will also mention that in reality, the Game Awards, it is a big, giant commercial. It is primarily a vehicle for trailers to be shown for future projects, for game game publishers to buy time to show off their upcoming games. The awards part is secondary because the reason that we can even he can even afford to have the awards is because all the game publishers are willing to unveil things on stage or give you know they basically buy airtime. So all of those world premiere trailers, that's all purchased. And that all goes into the show. So go into it, realize that it is primarily a vehicle to hype up the future while still sometimes talking about the past. We can sit here and say forever, oh, I wish they'd spend more time on the on the awards. Um, most people actually want the awards to finish up so they can see the next world premiere trailer. That The majority of the audience... Actually, that actually watches it, actually wants more of the announcements than they want game developers speaking. And apparently, you can actually... I, I, so, SJR and Matt posted a sports book, a uh, sports betting thing, uh, a sports book for the Game Awards. Um, obviously, uh, you know, online betting is only legal in some areas of the U.S. and some areas outside of the world. Um, but I wonder if like, so I, I guess there are odds. So you can actually place bets on who's going to win. That is actually, who do you think will win? Um, and I think the only reason they can do that is because it is not a fan vote thing. I don't know. We are going to take a quick music break and then we will be right back, uh, to talk about Rob, to see which of his games, his favorite games got snubbed at the game awards. You're participating with the Bobby Blackwell show in the voice of geeks network at twitch.tv slash Vog network. Wait, you don't know Kamoshida? Are you for real? For real? For real? For real? What up, everybody? This is Max Middleman, voice of Saitama and One Punch Man, Ryuji in Persona 5, King in Seven Deadly Sins, and a whole host of other characters. You are participating in the Bobby Black Wolf Show. Get it? For real? For real? For real? For real? For real? Yeah, for real! Max Middleman getting more work in Persona 5 Tactica. That's right. It's for real. If you want to leave a bumper, all you got to do, you don't have to actually be uh, Max Middleman. Um, but if you are Max Middleman, you want to do another bumper, that's great, too. Uh, all you got to do is send me an MP3 with just your voice. I will choose what, uh, what or video of just you with your voice. Uh, and I will choose which DMCA violation to put behind it. Uh, and uh, contact me on our Discord, for real. Fognetwork.com slash Discord is where... Uh, you can reach me. Uh, I am also on social some so, some social media. I'm on all the social medias, but not really. Some social media I don't go to as much. 
as as other people do. Um, but uh, but yeah. So coming up next here on the Voice Geeks Network at Twitch.tv slash Vog Network is Orange Lounge Radio. It's three people out in Sacramento, California. They talk about games for much much longer than I do for real. And uh, they talk about other topics and stuff, so we always like to check in with them to see what's going on. Sacramento, are you there? I am here, Bobby. How are you? I, I am doing well. So was your favorite Game Awards snubbed? Game snubbed at Game Awards, for real? Um, well, you know, I would say the game that I've probably been playing the most this year is Diablo 4, but I completely understand why it wasn't exactly going to get a Game of the Year nomination. Um, obviously, uh, some people have problems with some of the you know battle pass mechanics that they have in the game, mm-hmm. as well as some of the rough spots of Season 1. In fact... Uh, considering how many hours I personally have put into the game, I actually am even going to express shock that it was nominated for best multiplayer. Um, I, I I actually think multiplayer is kind of where the game needs the most work right now. So I, I'm I'm a little surprised at that, actually. Yeah. However, I do think Diablo 4 had a great campaign and a great story. Um, and so that's, you know, that's the part that I would award Diablo. But like, I can't look at these six nominees and go, this doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Yeah. Um, I get why people I, I think the one that I've been seeing get the most pushback is Resident Evil 4, just because of the fact that, you know, Resident Evil 4 was a game on the GameCube. Um, mm-hmm. You know, one analogy I try to put in my and other systems, too, but we all we all know it was the best GameCube game. Yes. Um, one analogy that I put in my mind, you know, when I'm trying to look at how the game awards are really trying to Oscarify, they're really trying to bring that same mm-hmm. sense of pomp and circumstance and, you know, that that yearly big event that the industry looks forward to the game awards trying to do that so it models a bit off the oscars now we don't get movie trailers during the oscars well i guess we do sometimes in commercial breaks yeah i bet if we got more more people would watch them but i digress um i would say that if you look at a movie like a star is born if we had had the barbara streisand verse version just get remastered for a 4k you know modern type of release or you know they do that all the time with the wizard of oz every five years they find some new technical achievement to put in the wizard of oz that doesn't get nominated because that is just the same it's the same film but you know re revisited remastered essentially it's a remastering um, I think with Resident Evil 4, you have essentially a retelling or yeah. the Lady Gaga version of A Star is Born, which yeah. did get nominated for Oscars, yeah. even though literally that's a movie they've made four times yeah. is A Star is Born. Um, and I know you can go on and on about how Hollywood doesn't have any original ideas. I think with Resident Evil 4, enough was changed with the formula. Yeah. Um, that it made it worthy. And, um, you know, honestly, I have a friend that if Alan Wake 2 didn't exist, and this is what he said, he said, Resident Evil 4, my game of the year. Uh, If Alan Wake 2 hadn't just completely monopolized the last two weeks of my life, then Resident Evil 4 is absolutely my game on that list. So, you know, sometimes it's about what that game kind of does for people. So, um, it is what it is. I, but I think it's, I think it's a solid six. That being said, um, it's weird that in a year of so many great game releases, I just see Baldur's Gate three sweeping. Yeah. Like, I think it's, I actually think this is going to be one of the most boring years for the ceremony. I think Baldur's Gate three sweeps everything. I think it wins the best voice actor. I think it went, unfortunately ever been star. I think it wins um, the game of the year. I think it wins best direction. I think it wins everything. Um, But we'll see. We'll see. I mean, there, there could be a little bit of spice enough. Somebody pointed out that Alan Wake two would be a great, 
best direction. You kind of split it like they do at the Oscars sometimes, right? You don't always yeah. see that split, but this might be the a case where Alan Wake 2 takes best direction just because of some of the things they do in that game. Uh, and Baldur's Gate ultimately wins the prize for game of the year. But we'll see. I'm, you know. We'll see. And I think weeks. what's interesting is that if we talked at the beginning of the year, like what do, what do you see being game of the year? Oh. Baldur's Gate three was not on our radar. Well, it, it, I don't think any of us saw it coming out. Yeah, and then but like for us, it was like either Tears of the Kingdom or Starfield, Tears of the Kingdom. or Starfield, yeah. and Starfield's yep. not even on this. Like I don't even think Starfield's on any of these. I don't think it was. It nominated. was nominated for one. Because I, I made the same claim on Blue Sky. I was like, oh, Starfield got shut out, and it was pointed out to me. It did get nominated in one category. I believe it's Best RPG. It is nominated. Let's see. Um, That's way down here. Uh, yes, it is. There it is. All right. But that is that is the equivalent of your Oscar darling getting a Best Costume nomination. No disrespect to the yeah. hard work costumers in the industry. However, we all know how the home game goes. Those yeah. are seen as more technical prizes. Yeah. So, and I'm, I'm rooting for Final Fantasy 16 or Sea of Stars on that one. So, you know. Yeah, I and I, I of course, I would have loved more nominations for Final Fantasy 16. But again, it's one of those, you know what? I, I, I think having done this, and you can understand this too, Bobby, yeah. having done this as long as we have commentating on the game industry, you have to really learn to kind of separate your opinion. Like, if you're going to try to, like, you know, there, it's, it's not no problem putting out your opinion and what yeah. you think ought to win. But you have to really be able in order to accurately do the commentation and really kind of look at what's going on. You have to be able to observe, well, what's what's everybody else think? I have to put my own feelings yeah. aside and what's the temperature of what everybody else yeah. is thinking. And there was a very good conversation in Discord that was happening around that because I think it was something to do with adaptive material. And there was a little bit of argument going back and forth about, I think, the Mario Brothers movie versus The Last of Us show mm -hmm. on um hbo and yeah. whereas i can understand completely why somebody appreciates the mario movie it was a good movie it was a lot of fun i think when you gauge the temperature in the water you sort of go oh but the last of us has kind of done these things um especially yeah. you know making a tv show and get winning these dramatic uh nominations that yeah. you know I think we've always looked at video games as a fun thing. Very few people look at video games as a dramatic thing. Right. And The Last of Us has had to uh, – we, we have no problem seeing that, but I'm talking about consumers massively. The Last of Us has done that in a way that's really pushed forward um, that whole thing, and yeah. I just – I. I don't see how The Last of Us doesn't win an award like that yeah. at, at this time. And for those so. who don't know, the best adaptation, the, the nominees for that were Castlevania Nocturne on Netflix, uh -huh. so the animation, Gran Turismo, uh, yep. the movie about that. Then there's The Last yep. of Us, the Super Mario Brothers movie, and then Twisted Metal, which is on Peacock. Which is, I would say three of those are good. Well, I don't know. Again, I'm gauging temperature. Yeah. I don't really know how Twisted Metal and Gran Turismo turn out. I guess I had a friend that saw Gran Turismo and didn't hate it. Three of those I'm not surprised to see. Two of them feel like popular picks. But yeah. um, I I think, again, I just I don't see how Last of Us doesn't just completely run away with that. With, yeah. with, with respect to other people's opinions, I get it. Like, you know, you're going to like what you're going to like. And there's nothing wrong with that. And and I what this also tells me is like I apparently I just need to find out why is Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven Phantom Liberty so good? Because like why um, are they saying it's so good? Because I haven't played I played Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven, it was fine. I haven't played Phantom Liberty, but like it specifically, this DLC got multiple nominations and is DLC. It is the No Man's Sky two Final Fantasy fourteen Realm mm -hmm. Reborn. Uh you know, it it is the the uh dlc that fixed what the game should have been in the first place yeah and it is like a lot of people are saying that basically like that even if you kind of 
poo-pooed the original cyberpunk release like this is what it was supposed to be here mm-hmm. it is it's very akin yeah. to no man's sky in many ways except no man's sky dlc was free yeah but this is like for best narrative so like apparently like it got nominated for best narrative so i'm like you know so now i'm curious because the best narrative uh, there was i think it was last year or the year before i can't remember but it was the year guardians of the galaxy won mm-hmm. for best narrative and i'm like how why and then i played it because it was on game pass it has been delisted off game pass since but it was on game pass and i'm like holy crap they did a great job with this like it was it was amazing the narrative and i didn't get to finish it i had gamer add and then announced off game pass so i'd have to go buy it to continue yeah. uh, so, but it's, it'd be worth it you get surprised by that stuff yeah. you really do but yeah. it was because it got nominated and won best narrative at the game awards and everybody's like how does like the discourse online was how did guardians of the galaxy win best narrative because it was going up against heavyweights that we thought would win and it was like the surprise for everybody and then you like actually play it and you're like oh wait a minute this this is great and so some some t- to to tongue in cheek reference something else people are talking about this week without saying what sometimes the best movie reference is not referencing the movie so uh what else are you going to be talking about on orange Lounge radio tonight well, why don't we talk about the PlayStation Portal? Because that came out, and uh, it's kind of interesting how uh, this is being received so far. So we'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, unfortunately, the layoff story does not stop with Embracer. We've, uh, we're hearing Sega's threatening it under some pretty uh, interesting circumstances. Mm-hmm. So we'll talk a little bit about that. And, uh, ooh, how about a courtroom battle? It's not just, it, you know, Epic... Epic isn't just fighting Apple this year. Epic is fighting all the cell phone companies. Epic's going up against Google, too. So now we have some uh, insight on that. Uh, So we'll talk a little bit about that. Yeah. All right. Orange Lounge Radio is up next. Thanks so much, Rob. Thanks as always, Bobby. So uh, that is it for me. I will be back next Sunday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, right here at the Voice Geeks Network Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash vlog network. Come join us and interact with the show directly. It is uh, here in the United States, at least. Uh, it is Thanksgiving week. So if you have, are going out for Thanksgiving to meet with your family, please be safe. Please drive safe. Um, you know, get get some good rest. Don't drink too much. Don't don't drink and drive at all, and then don't drink as much too much if even if you're not driving, because that kind of sucks. Um, good luck being with your family. Some of you may need it. Uh, and I hope you enjoy uh your Thanksgiving. If you are not in the U.S., um, I hope you just have a great week, because um, you're, you're gonna have a have a great week. Uh, and, and you don't you don't have to have a holiday to have a great week. I know it's easier to have a great week when you're having a holiday, but you don't have to have a holiday have a great week uh so uh you can join me on our discord server vognetwork.com slash discord just where you can find me i'm also on most social medias as bobby blackwolf uh where the skies are blue you look for bobbyblackwolf.com uh and uh you can also uh find us uh, over at vognetwork.com so if you like the show tell a friend if you hate the show tell an enemy i don't care just tell someone the show is not for everybody but it may be for somebody who does not know about it yet but we would not be able to make the live show work without the chatters who have gone above and beyond and uh you being here is really all we ask for but uh those who do contribute with bits and subs do help the voice geeks network at least pay the bills we're, we're basically just trying to like break even we're not we're not making money at this but we also don't want to lose money on this anymore because been doing this for 18 and a half years and most of it was out of my own pocket. And it is kind of nice to be able to, you know, just stay even. And it, and it lets me do other things. Um, 
So uh, thank you so much to uh, Pod Culture who resubscribed. Thank you so much. Mike Deft resubscribed for so many months is what he said. It says 59, I think is what it says here. Uh, so Twitch, Twitch math is weird. Uh, yeah, 59. Thank you so much. Tiger Claw resubscribed. Uh, thank you so much. And SJNomat cheered 200 bits, uh, which started a hype train in the channel. I didn't even notice the hype train. Uh, Sean322 cheered 200 bits saying, hype. You know, GDQ stuff. Uh, uh, Orange Wright raided us. Thank you so much. I know Orange Wright was streaming a little bit earlier, so thank you so much for the raid. And Miramuse just resubscribed. Thank you so much for the resubscription. I'm going to hit the button that says it's time to go. And uh, I'm going to go enjoy some turkey this week because I am in the U.S. and it's Thanksgiving for me. And I will see you on Sunday night. Maybe I'll have played Super Mario RPG by then. I don't know. Bye. A winner is you. The views and opinions expressed are those of the hosts, guests, and callers only, and are not necessarily the opinions of the Vogue Network, people who need to hire new voiceover guys, or your mom. Although if Bobby said it, it really should be. This has been a production of Bobby Blackwolf Studios.